Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al-Hamamsi from Middle East Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world Where everyone's voice could be heard and listened Every week we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S&OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.com .co Stay tuned every week with our global S&OP community podcast. Hey, 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 good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all those beautiful people who are listening and watching us right now around the globe. Welcome again with another episode with our global S&OP community podcast. Let me stress always on our mission in our global S&OP community podcast. Our mission is mainly building global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales, and finance, where everyone's voice could be listened and heard. Your voice matters for us, and we need you in our community. We need your experience, we need your knowledge, and we need your stories. We need you. We host global thought leaders in the S&OP field to uncover their valuable experience and knowledge to our uh, global S&OP community. They share mainly their valuable knowledge in our podcast, And what we can guarantee you that this knowledge that you will receive or absorb is a knowledge that you will never find in books. A knowledge based on practicality, based on years and years of experience in the marketplace from our guests. Can you imagine those kind of experience could be in your pocket by only listening to our podcast? Only listening to our podcast. Those great values and knowledge can literally change your life and positively impact your career and your business. That's why I'm asking you right now, uh, if you can open your iTunes, search by Global S&OP Community, you will find our podcast, subscribe to our podcast, so you can be notified every Sunday with a new episode, with a new trending topic in the S&OP. And today we have one of the trending topics. Our topic today is the difference between sales and operations planning and the integrated business planning. What are the core focus for S&OP and IBP? What are the horizons for each of them uh, that they can focus on? What could be the roles and responsibility and accountability on each one of them? What are the main features uh, that differentiate S&OP and IPP? Many and many questions are in the mind and we need your engagement today 
and feel free to ask whatever question in your mind live so we can jump into your questions and take your questions on spot. Our guest today is a very special guest. Our guest today is Gabriel. Let me just... Our guest today is Gabriel Werner. Gabriel has over 20 years of experience in supply chain management and consultation. He is specialized in S&OP software implementations that serve the company purpose. He implements solutions advisory and consultation for S&OP and IPP. His journey in advising and consult consultancy is really inspirational. He is a great speaker in business and SCM. He played many roles in advising and consultation, from senior solutions advisor for, to director solutions advisory, uh, vice president EMEA solutions advisory, and currently he is the VP for Blue Yonder in Germany, Austria, Netherlands. His passion in, uh, is, is mainly machine learning and operations research. And I think that we have a lot of values to be driven today with Gabriel. Uh, I love his philosophy. He has a great philosophy in life. His philosophy in life is do it by the book, but be always. So may I ask you please to welcome with me Gabriel, but before uh, we introduce him, let's give him some applause. Hello, Gabriel. Hello, Ahmed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that it's, it's, that's been that's been awesome. <laughs> it's a pleasure having you today. Thanks, uh, firstly, for accepting the humble invitation, and the great to have you in the show. And I'm sure that we have an interesting topic today, which is the difference between S and OP and IPP. And I know that you have a great philosophy that we will discuss it today. So, the first question, mainly, it's our discussion. What is the difference between S and OP and IPP? Okay, <laughs> right into it. No, that's great. Um, so the the difference is, and and I think we need to take we need to take this question sort of from different angles, uh, if you will. So in a in a simple way of phrasing it, I would argue IBP should actually just be a high maturity state of SNOP. Uh, but if we look at it from a practicality perspective and how it's being deployed, then we will find more difference and we will probably have to describe SNOP slightly less ambitious, slightly less lofty, uh, if you will, and then actually look at, uh, at IBP um, as, as bigger, as broader. Um, so, for example, let's just let's just simply look at the begin with the objective of the whole process, right? Uh, then SNOP, the way it's often implemented, and I'm very consciously phrasing it that way, the way it's often implemented is going to focus on volume oriented planning and demand planning and demand and supply balancing, which and this is why I said it the way I said it is, <laughs> is not the textbook definition of SNOP, but it's it's is probably the most common reality out there. That's what what companies tend to achieve. And it's also from a uh, from a request uh, perspective, companies that, that come to us and seek um, uh, technology support for their process, they, they often have a big headline of SNOP. Mm -hmm. And then when you look at the detailed requirements, okay, it's, you know, it's demand planning, it's supply planning, it's, you know, balancing, balancing the two mm -hmm. things. But again, for the 
for the consultants out there who have who have learned SNOP or, um, on, on on textbook, they will they will disagree. They will say no, it has to be much more and it has to be much broader. And they're right, right? And they're, they're absolutely right. Uh, but as I said, I'm I'm speaking more from from the, the let's say the sad reality out there. Now, if if we were then to switch over to IVP again from a process objective perspective, then um, the focus changes, right? The focus is on the uh, on the delivery of the business outcome, right? On mm -hmm. making the numbers, very simply put, right? Every mm -hmm. company puts out some numbers, right? We all it's typically that time of the year, right? Uh, where companies try and start to come up with a plan for next year. And if they don't have uh, an SNOP or IVP foundation, it's going to be hard, right? It's going to be typically something like this, that, like this, some top down activity where company leaders will say, hey, you know what? Let's grow by X percent next year. And then they kind of spread that out into the different parts of the business. While there's maybe also some bottom up activity where people in the field actually have some some thinking process going on as to what it is that they think uh, they can sell and they can they can achieve in the coming years. And then these two things will come together and they will usually, you know, they will usually not meet. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's tough. So if you if you have an IVP process, um, this is what, what the Oli White guys like to, like to, to say is then the budgeting process becomes a significant non-event. Right. So budgeting is still as significant as, as before, but it becomes it becomes a non-event. So so if you don't have that, uh, then it's becoming very, very hard to come up with the objectives. But once you have them, the IVP process is far more value oriented and it's far more uh, based on the, the idea of let's make sure we deliver our, our business financial objectives, which also means a, a change in, in focus for the two processes. The, the SNOP process will typically be fairly internally focused and again speaking from real real implementation experience rather than textbook definition uh, on on the ivp it's typically more e uh, extended right it goes uh, beyond the four walls of the own organization it's more collaborative downstream it also depends of course of the uh, the industry but it could be more downstream more collaboration with customers uh, there's something now called uh, jbp joint business planning which is yeah. uh, typically in the uh, consumer uh, industries where the the retail and wholesale organizations Customers. exactly will will you know collaborate collaboratively to do business planning with their um, uh, with their CPG suppliers. Uh, so that's that's coming. But in other industries, it could go more upstream, right? You think of automotive, uh, the OEMs collaborating with the tier ones and the tier twos and so on, uh, building networks. Um, and if you build those networks effectively, also you also need to think about business planning on the higher level on the aggregated level uh, for for those networks so that you could argue is also a trait of of ivp when it comes to the the focus it, it extends beyond the four walls i i think um i think i think another aspect is the idea of who, who owns the process <laughs> and that, that is also again the the, the history has shown it, it was typically the supply chain nerds like like myself, uh, who would you know, <laughs> who would, who would try and drive this, and then you would you would find a, a situation where there's there's these people from supply chain who come up and and tell suddenly start telling everybody else in the organization how they should work together and how should they should align and get together mm -hmm. on this process, and it's it's a challenge in then in in itself, right? So you you find it often driven by supply chain, but again the the textbook definition even for SNOP, let alone IVP, would be 
uh, you know, it's a process that spans across uh, various parts of the organizations to indeed bring them all, you know, together, which not often works, right? Which, which also some, some, why, why is a reason why many people would say, you know, what IVP is just mature SNOP, um, because if if it works, then uh, or one one precondition to to make it work would really be. Mm have a process that's process that is sponsored by the execs so it needs to be a management-led mm -hmm. process uh, because at the end of the day it's about decision making for how to make your numbers right and every exec in every company should be quite interested in that right how to make your numbers is that is a you know yeah. it's kind of uh, kind of an important uh, question right so if it's sponsored by the exec management driven by the commercial uh, organization have has the financial organization properly included Mm -hmm. uh, then, then you're probably closer to IVP, and you're moving, you're moving away from uh, uh, real life um, SNOP. So, when it comes to the 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 capabilities that uh, that an organization would have to have, which is uh, you know a, a certain process discipline, a repeatability of the process, um, and then also the, the the ability to do scenarios and um, to some do some modeling of the business. Which is always going to be, uh, you know, a tad supply chain centric, uh, given uh, that that SNOP is typically a process for companies that that manufacture something, that will procure material, build something, and distribute stuff. Um, but for again, getting over from from SNOP to IBP, you then also want to be able to have proper uh, financial modeling, right? You're not going to go replicate mm -hmm. the entire financial planning; that that would be sort of overkill. Uh, but you'd need a, a certain level of financial um, planning um, to be able to uh, have an appropriate view on what are risks and, and what are opportunities and then be able to manage uh, those and actually have a life cycle associated with, with those risks and opportunities and keep uh, revisiting those um, you know, as, you go, as you go through the process. Um, and, and another key area which um, I would argue is definitely a trait of IVP is a much, much better control of the product uh, introduction scenarios, right? Have, have the product mm -hmm. organization be part of your conversations that, that it's very clear, you know, when are new products coming in or when are existing products being updated? Uh, what's the timing of that? What's the current demand situation? Uh, what's the current supply situation? Bring bring all these points together and see if there is opportunity arising out of that um, uh, new product introduction. Um, and then maybe another, and this is a bit more technical, I think another key difference could also be the, the notion of uh, being connected with the outside world, right? Um, uh, when it comes to data ingestion, being able to uh, use uh, more than your own data, more than the data that you have acquired within your organization, but actually uh, complement that information with external uh, data sources. And while I'm speaking of connection, <laughs> so this is another this is another angle to to look at this question. Um, if, if again going back to textbook, SNOP would be a strictly speaking. And, and IVP the same, strictly speaking, a management level process on aggregated level. Now, some technology companies have taken a much broader view on, on IVP uh, and, uh, you know, started to name software products like that, mm -hmm. uh, which, which suddenly have modules which 
go beyond the scope of what what textbook IBP actually is and include the more operative supply planning, the more operative demand planning. And then there's often this debate, right? Should is should let's take a demand planning as an example. Is is demand planning part of IBP? Yes, no, maybe. I I think not, right? I think it's not. What what should be part of IBP is to understand what your demand plans are, how they change, and most importantly, why they change. <laughs> So that you can then yeah. do something about it, right? That that's yeah. what it's about in, in, in IVP. But you actually expect the demand plan to come, right? Same with the supply mm -hmm. plan, uh, and since we spoke about that earlier, same also with the financial plans, right? They they need to come mm -hmm. uh, as an input. So therefore, a, a good IVP process, very well connected, uh, IVP process, sorry, is is very well connected to uh, the other planning processes um, in in the organization. Um, so that you really do end up eventually with that one number type plan um, yeah. that, that you're aiming for. Sorry, that lovely. I realized I spoke yeah, about that. <laughs> I, I like that. It's it's lovely philosophy. What if, if you allow me just summarize and understand that I think it's, uh, as you said, IPP, it's a higher level of maturity of S and OP regardless. So if I'm talking about volume versus value, to reach to this position, I think that you need to have a, a better capabilities from, from, especially from supply chain understanding. If you, if you understand, if, if you just can recall that I'm saying that supply chain, with my due respect, they are very good and they are not biased to anything. And when it comes to understanding, having a business acumen, understanding the full financials of uh, the business or the business imperatives. I don't see it. I'm not telling you from an experience that you have. They are very unbiased and they are all speaking with numbers and to the point. But when it comes to taking a decision uh, with a business imperative or a business direction, it's somehow it's lack of, of business understanding or, or business acumen. That's why I think that moving from volume, because you will see most of the demand planning and most supply chains, they are always speaking unit of sale or unit of measurement something like that but when it comes Classic, to yeah. translating that or cash up all of that based on the price structure of the company it's very rare when you see someone understanding this they just see that the mm -hmm. trends historical sales so i think it, it needs a massive uh, experience or understanding the business segment that's why you said it's a maturity I yeah Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you 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 raised a super important point, right? Which is the the notion of business language, right? So if you if you talk to operations <laughs> people and supply chain people, they will be go down, they will go go down to the, you know, the the, uh, the article code, and they will know exactly what the demand <laughs> is, and yes. they will be they will be they will be precise, right? Because they have the data, and it's their it's their daily life. Um, when you then talk to a salesperson. That, that salesperson is probably not interested in the same level of granularity. Finance is going to speak yeah. a completely different level uh, language, and uh, similarly the, the product guys. Uh, and then obviously at some point you want to, you know, have, you know, we talked about management needs to run this process, needs to chair it, needs to own it, needs to be behind it. You also will have to aggregate into a, you know, language that they understand. And in in, in this context, um, aggregation, disaggregation is 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 a critical capability, and that's something that needs to be possible on the fly, right? So uh, if you want to sit in a meeting, you, you don't want to just go over the prepared content. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure 
a ton of SNOP meetings today are still conducted with PowerPoint. And I'm not even saying Excel, I'm saying PowerPoint, right? So people mm. will make graphs and they will make some notes on it and then they'll put it up on the screen and say, look, oh, this is, this is moving and these numbers are going in that direction and so on and so forth, which, which means you will not exploit the opportunity that technology gives you these, these days that you, in those sessions, you could on the fly do the scenarios, do, do the simulations, be it the, the supply chain ones, but be it also the financial ones, the PL projection, yeah. uh, and, and do it actively. Because many people will answer to you, they will say, yeah, I can't expect the exec to look at software. Right? <laughs> the exec will want to see some slides. No, they don't. I mean, they're, why? Right? That's, they're, they're smart people. That's why they're the execs, right? So <laughs> don't, don't, don't <laughs> underestimate them. Um, and yeah. so, so in terms, I mean, th there is a bunch of those, of those challenges, right? So the, the classic one is number plans to actually, we don't care about the numbers. This is something to wrap your mind around in SNOP or in proper IVP. You're looking pretty far ahead, right? Let's say month six to 24 or even further. There's all sorts of industry implications here, uh, depending on what the appropriate horizons are. Um, so, so you are going to look at that and actually what you do want to understand is you understand where are my opportunities and where are my risks and you want to make sure that you can manage those through the life cycle of the process. And it, it doesn't really matter if you're planning 18 months ahead, how exactly right your number is, right? So there's this bomb of, you know, better be, uh, uh, uh what's it again? Sorry, not, don't be precisely right. It'd be exactly wrong or some, some, something like that. I forgot now. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, so it's it's yeah. more important to make sure that you're directionally right, that you know you go in yeah. the right direction. And if you have to change numbers, then you it's actually more interesting to to capture the reason yeah. why you're changing that number because that that's where the business is happening, right? Whether the number the number is right to the last digit or not at this stage at that horizon, <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. gonna it's not gonna make an impact, right? It's not gonna be yeah. critical. But what yes. is critical is is this notion of language, right? Business language, exactly. a translator almost, right? That's that's where I think where technology comes in and becomes interesting for for SNOP support. You can have that famous one version of the truth, but you can have. I always like to think of it as a as a cube, mm. right? Where you can have one face of the cube speaks finance language, the other face of the cube, <laughs> same cube, right? Speaks supply chain language. The next phase of the cube speaks uh, sales language, but they're all looking at the same cube, yeah. but, but in their language. And then, then communication can can start to um, can can start to come uh, into play. Yeah, I, 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 I all, all what you said because I think one of the challenges when it comes to a reality that uh, you can see supply chain they're looking into volumes and uh, maybe they think that when you grow you will grow values it doesn't doesn't have any relation between no. that because the mix maybe it's wrong correct maybe i'm, I'm, grow, I'm growing but i'm wrong i'm growing from the wrong excuse or from the mix that will not uh, land the, the business imperatives for instance that I'm, i want to have a profit or i want to have a better margin i could grow yes from the volumes and the, the, the SQs or the products that they have a less margins, but they have they, they have a, a, a huge density of volumes. This is that uh, 
serve the business imperatives or the business uh, direction? Yes or no? This, this is something that supply chainers, they have to understand. That's why I'm, I keep saying that, just, I love what you said, because you said that IBP, it's somehow it's security stage from S&OP. And mm -hmm. also what, what you said, I think it's, it's very, very impressive when it comes to the scenario planning. Mm -hmm. Because I see this from a real, a real ground experience when it comes to uh, having a simulation of uh, thousands of SQs. And uh, let's say that I had this, this is my sales plan and this is my uh, baseline, this is my kind of my tenancy and this is my innovations, all of that. When it comes to that and when you come into just having a scenario planning and have the cash up, you will find You can hear me, or no, there was a, there was a small glitch <laughs> towards you. I I can find, and then it then it no no. So I'll keep saying it to catch up. You will find that there is a gap between the business objective. Yeah, we, I came back. I came back. Came back. We seem to have some. some <laughs> I'm sorry because I'm out. What I, what I heard was that you were you were talking about the notion of finding gaps. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I'm saying that, that, that there is a gap between the business plan and the, the actual say, the, the, the mm -hmm. plan that we pushed as an yeah. S&OP, yes. Yeah. So that, I think that that's why it's something that we need to focus on. So coming back to that point, do you have any, based on your experience, do you have any tools and technology that can support, based on your experience for sure with Blue Yonder, uh, that can support a decision-making and very fast responsive? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so let me, I mean, there's three three points to this. So one is is about the gap identification in the first place. And I want to pick up on uh, the, the comment here from uh, Manal Al-Malik, right? How can you not care about the numbers? Of course, we care about the numbers. What I, what I was trying to say is we don't care necessarily about how precise they are uh, in, in uh, you know, in terms of the last digit, right? That kind of stuff um, where people get hung up about, um, you know, debating debating numbers to the nth degree that that's what i was trying to express earlier on but uh but ahmed now raised the, the 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 key point right this is what we're all trying to do in these processes is to have as early as possible uh, an understanding of am i you know am i going to have a gap towards the end of my whatever my period is quarters fiscal year whatever right so you want to you know want to know it at a point that you want to know about it at a point in time where you still have options where you can still do something and that's where then uh, this is the, then sort of the first technology uh, technological aspect there, uh, Ahmed, is the ability to project and to have those simulations um, and to compare uh, then the, uh, the 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 business plan versus what's currently being projected as future actuals mm -hmm. and and identify those and and be able to point at the root causes of those have some some root mm -hmm. cause analysis. So it's simulation, it's it's root cause analysis. The next then is is okay. What is it that we can do to rectify, right? So this could be this comes back to the notion of risks and opportunities and managing those. Um, so this is where um, the this needs to be properly managed as a recurring object, as an object with mm. with a life cycle that that can come back. Because if you identify a certain root cause as being the reason for why you're going to have projecting a gap at the moment, you may have multiple options of dealing with that. Um, and not not necessarily all the options will have the same remit, the same uh, sorry merit, uh, the same benefit um, 
so you need to um, to not only within the current cycle be looking at those, but also keep looking at those as you go cycle over cycle and see if they have the impact. Um, which brings me to the second point from a technological perspective, which is the notion of process orchestration and managing the process. And that's also something where technology can help um, with uh, sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm calling this meta KPIs um, that actually help you, how good are we executing on our SNOP process in our current cycle? How well have we executed in, in previous cycles and extrapolate from there uh, what what your future quality is going to be and what you may have to do in order to get that quality. Because that gives you decision-making discipline, which is what you need if you want to address those projected uh, gaps. The third aspect, technological aspect, is, is also keeping mm -hmm. track of the resolutions you put in place. So let's assume you have identified a gap, you've done some scenarios, you came up with some ideas, okay, here's how we could deal with that, promotion or we need to increase capacity whatever it is mm -hmm. those resolutions also need to be objects with a life cycle right they also mm -hmm. need to be tracked continuously that's when the discipline then really kicks in because then you can as you roll forward through the months and the or further processes uh, you can then also see how effective was that resolution do i want to deploy the same resolution if i have a similar problem in the future again keep track of that uh, you're basically building yourself a basket of of options or a basket of, of, of resolution mm -hmm. levers that, that you can pull uh, when certain situations arise, when certain gaps are being um, are, are being projected. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Uh, I'm saying this because, you know, responsive, it's I think, especially in the executive S&OP meeting, I'm saying that at the end of the, the month and the last cycle, the, the end of stage, uh, sometimes the executives, they need to have a very fast decision and based on the cash up that maybe sometimes yes we need to have a, a ch change some budget from here to there and they need to understand what would be the implement implication whether it's on, on on their margin or their profit that's why i asked you about i i know from from an experience on, on ground that sometimes this scenario planning takes time and oh, you to take very fast decision because this will will be implemented in the next cycle of the forecast for for the SNOP. That's why yeah. I was so curious that, that it's, it's, it makes sense totally makes sense what you're saying. Yeah. So, so let me let me respond to that real quick, right? So I have a, I have a nice example. Uh, I have a nice nice example from uh, from one of our customers, uh, which is uh, Renault. You know the the car brand uh, in France, Renault. Um, so these guys, when uh, they, they're running our our SNOP uh, infrastructure, and they have a very, I would argue, they they got a very high maturity process going there. Mm. Uh, and but in in regular times, they they actually took quite some time, and they had the time to do it. Right? They they gave themselves actually not just a four week cycle; they actually had a six week cycle um, to go through the various steps, and they they had a good discipline, and it was all it was all going well right, really well so and then then COVID came along right we've all been through that so in in march 2020 these guys were in a pickle right they, as you as you just said they needed to make decisions and they couldn't afford to go through a six-week cycle yeah um and to pick everybody up and then you know and and since they had the infrastructure they actually were able to go through it um twice a week 
mm-hmm. right? So they reduced from six week cycle to a to twice, twice a week. week cycle. Oh my god! And then they went up to to the to to the CEO <laughs> and the C level and said, "Look, here's all the scenarios. Here's what could happen. Now we could have like an L shaped, uh, you know, economy. We could have a a, a V shaped. You know, it could go up pretty steep and quickly. It could be more U shaped. It could be W shaped. So they." They ran through all these scenarios and had complete business plans. Let me really repeat that: complete business plans, multiple of them, that they could give up mm. to the C level and say, "Look, here's what's going to happen if <laughs> the different types of, of economy uh, would occur post uh, post the shock in in in, in March uh, 2020, when the you know the fog was dense and no one, you know, no one knew, <laughs> no one knew what was going to come, right? Uh, and and the amazing re- response was the C-level guys. They were like, how the hell did you do that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> they, they, yes. didn't, they didn't quite believe, uh, didn't quite believe that was possible. But but this is what is possible if you if you have the right infrastructure. But here's an interesting question now. Do they have to, are they, should, should they stay at a twice a week cycle? Mm-hmm. And, and they concluded no, no need, right? There's no need. So agility comes at a price. It's something that everyone needs to internalize. Agility yeah. is not for free. It comes at a price. Um, so I, it, it's... I, I understand this, if you allow me, just because S&OP, it's a monthly cycle. Let's let's agree uh-huh. on that. This doesn't mean that if if I have a change or some change on the ground itself, I need to stick to the, the s or the numbers that I have. Otherwise, I will serve my customers. So replenishment models, inventory optimization, all of that, it happens on spot on a daily basis, on hourly basis, on a shift basis. So that, that's why I keep always saying that S&P, it's monthly cycle. Something that you can look at it on a time. It doesn't, as you said, the agility, it comes on a spot. So because why I'm saying that, because some people that I see them inside the organization, that there are many stocks on ground. I'll give you an example on that. And mm-hmm. the forecast, it was X and they had an order 2X and they have inventory 3x they are not keen to serve that that customer by this uh, uh, from their inventory high high cover inventory because they say this is not aligned with the s&op numbers guys mm-hmm. it, it will you will rectify this in the next cycle that's why i keep saying agility it doesn't mean only in s&op agile mindset agile how can you be agile and then you can rectify understand what happened in the past and rectify to this is this is something that I think most organizations they have to understand this S&OP monthly cycle that for C-suite or just any anybody that can understand this but mm-hmm. being agile being responsive being resilient it's something that we have to to to, to, to have this kind of mindset always in our mind mm-hmm. what do you think yeah I, I think as there is I mean it, it... It, this is what's happening, right? It's, it's very common, right? That you have this blurring of lines between different planning processes. Um, uh, so effectively, agility is, is always something I I tend to associate, and I should be more precise, agility in, in responsiveness to what's happening in the supply chain, for me, is a short-term topic mm-hmm. right, for mm-hmm. the next few weeks or so maybe months depending on the type of business mm-hmm. it's not really an snop um topic still <laughs> inside the snop yes. itself you want to be agile when it comes to creating scenarios and be able to 
to think through. Um, so you want, as, as you called it, the you want that agile mindset mm. um, in 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 SNOP or IVP, you know, just just as well. Um, so it's it's one of those, you know, small <laughs> small fine distinctions that that we need to make. Yeah, yeah. So jumping to the next question, which is, I think we opened the discussion about the pandemic. So mm. what are the common challenges in SNOP, uh, especially? And what 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 happened after pandemic from your experience? What yeah. went right and what went wrong from your experience with the customers? Yeah, no. So I think I think the the Renault example is is one of them where I would say that's obviously something where I feel it it went it went well it went right. But generally speaking, I mean, even prior to COVID, you know, the the, the, the typical challenges that that SNOP is supposed to solve and IVP are are supposed to solve is. You know, make make sure that commercial planning operations is well aligned, that financial uh, financials are properly included, not disconnected. That you have a, you know, a, a problem-solving discipline. That you have a, a way to arrive at a consensus across the company mm-hmm. in a repeatable fashion, um, and that you're able to identify issues, right, and uh, are able to identify the root causes of the issues, the gaps that that you could project. So that's that's sort of the core challenges. It, then COVID came along and made all that worse, right? <laughs> so uh, the, the the you know the commercial planning and the and the and the supply and the operations that misalignment was was super challenging in in the COVID period because obviously you had uncertainty both on the supply and on the demand side. So they went haywire at the same time and in, in a quite unpredictable way so companies that that don't have that discipline mm-hmm. it, it it must have been really really hard during that period right if you have the discipline it was already difficult but if you don't have the discipline i, I mean well you're, you're effectively flying blind right um so if you if you if you you don't have discipline to arrive at a consensus uh you know how can you how can you expect to arrive at a consensus in a crisis situation, yeah. right? That's just not how it works then. Uh, so while while problem solving discipline is a is a good thing to have for any business at any point in time, it actually became really really critical uh, uh, during the pandemic, right? Because yeah. you you need but, to make those those calls, right? Yeah, it's it's not easy. I know it's not easy at all. But when it comes, uh, I believe that when it comes, a uh, pandemic happened. I think that the, the most companies they were between two fires. How they can optimize between their uh, real demand because happened spike happened in demand. It depends for sure on the industry itself and segment of the industry. Some has lost and some has a spike in the demand. Mm-hmm. But the, the first fire, I say that they can serve uh, their customers at any cost, and at the same time, how they can optimize this from the inventory levels. Because I, I know this feeling, you know, you don't understand. Like it happens because of the consumer need, or is it because of the retail need, or what's happening in the demand? So, from from your experience, if you have that, uh, if if a company comes to you and they seek your experience or uh, your help on that point, how you will be able to help them in this and be in IPP just to take them to the right place? Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I think this is this is. Um... This is an interesting question. I think my, my answer is going to be, I, I don't think given the, the, the nature of what happened in, in, in March, 2020, roughly plus minus, right. Is, is there was a sense of urgency. So I'm, I'm going to say, if you haven't established your process discipline before that, 
you're not going to establish it during the time of crisis because you're going to be in crisis mm -hmm. mode. So your focus is going to be far more operative, far more shorter term, mm -hmm. granular, which as we discussed at the beginning of, uh, of our discussion here is, is, is not where IBP is, right? IBP is aggregated. It's you're planning for mm -hmm. months, months X and out. So it's, I think, I think companies will have seen that, ah, damn, if we had had that kind of discipline, we may have been able to navigate this difficult times better. So out of that, and this is where actually what we're seeing now, right? So now that we're, it's 18 months later, we're, we're drowning in, in requests for, uh, for help and, and requests for proposals for systems to support, uh, to support SNOP and IVP processes because companies have, have just gone through that experience. And they've mm -hmm. realized if the next big thing is on the horizon and we haven't built that discipline, we'll be in, in a tough spot again. Uh, and and I, I guess, I mean, we'll all be in a tough spot, but, the, you know, it's going to be tougher for those who haven't, you know, haven't used the time in between crisis to elevate their ability to do business planning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Totally, totally, 100%. Just I think that I had some technical challenge. I lost all the comments before, <laughs> so oh. I, I just yeah, I apologize, guys. So if you no, can I, I allow can, me, I can if, still if see you them. Can, you, you can see them, but I, I can cannot. Them, yeah. I cannot jump. I want to send some greetings because the discussion was very hot, like the fire behind you. <laughs> so we we lost this. So I, yeah. I will send if you allow me, I will send some greetings for our audience. Of course. Yeah, we have. Uh, Ehtisham, uh, hi from Pakistan. Thank you so much, Ehtisham, for tuning in. We have our friend Luis. Hi, best regards from uh, Guatemala. Great to see you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our friend Ahmad Aid. This is how to build the best practice. Exactly, my brother. Thank you so much. Our friend Shadi Jackie. Hi, Ahmad. Great to see you. Thank you so much for tuning in. We have SP Ghali. Uh, hi, it's San Shah. I am from Nepal. Great to see you. Thank you so much. And greetings from all for all Nepal people. Thank you. Our friend uh, Ambreen. Yeah. Hi, Ahmed. Great to see you. Thank you so much for tuning in. I think that I lost too many comments since I, I, I had this connection issue. That's why, guys, excuse if excuse me if I didn't jump or uh, catch your uh, comment. If you want to, if you want to have any question, please ask free. Uh, Gabriel will be able to answer uh, and we will jump into your question once you we put it. So uh, we have Rosie. Alam, hello, great to see you. Thank you so much. Our friend Peter from Nigeria. Thank you. Ahmad Aid is saying uh, ah. uh, in the no normal situation, focus should include an error. Imagine the error in the pandemic, Ahmad. Exactly, Ahmad. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, that's yeah, I think it's super interesting. interesting yeah. challenge. <laughs> yes, he was stressing it the same. Yeah. Now it's a super interesting challenge, right? Because um, <laughs> the, the the historic information you have accumulated over the last few months and and, and let's say the that that COVID period, that, that's not that's not going to be any useful for forecasting yeah. right? because it's representing exactly. a very unusual time, right? So yeah. so this is where where companies also need to start to explore. Uh, you know, yeah. technologies um, or techniques, I should say, that, that go beyond the, <laughs> the classic uh, single variate, you know, I take my sales history and I extrapolate yeah. um, or I, I just aggregate my 
sales guys mm -hmm. forecast that they key in somewhere and and you know hope for the best right <laughs> so um so yes yeah, so this is this is where machine learning comes in and it it, it can offer an interesting perspective uh mm -hmm. because it can use uh, also additional information that could also be historical in nature but also could be forward-looking in nature and this is where mm -hmm. some opportunity arises to um yeah to to get out of that conundrum being being forced to use pandemic history uh, information or pan pandemic uh, related uh, historic sales which is yeah you know, it's not going to repeat <laughs> i'm so curious to ask you this question about machine learning so machine learning can predict some i'm not sure that outliers situations like what happened in pandemic it could be or i it doesn't it doesn't make sense no so 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 the pandemic is a black swan right so mm -hmm. if, if anyone tells you they can use machine learning to predict the pandemic like situation <laughs> well, those guys they, those guys should try and predict the lottery number which is also impossible uh, uh, with, with machine learning uh, or with any any technology mm -hmm. uh, no but what 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 can machine learning can do it it is far more adaptive so it will understand mm -hmm. the impact of the changed situation the new nature of the situation it will be very quick in understanding that and that's that's where the value lies okay thank you so much <laughs> so <laughs> it makes sense yes it makes sense because what I'm, I'm i'm thinking of that most companies when the pandemic attacks so most companies they were looking into solutions uh focus solutions all of that but they ignore the fundamentals which is speaking to their customers or consumers they understand what happens in that that so it's not so it's not all the time technology will solve the problems on hand sometimes okay. we need to think by our mind and uh, think in the logical thinking by by the right way speak to the right people and collect the right data so we can we can build on it and like what you said it's all about agility from supply chain because mm -hmm. this will not be solved only by ipp or snop agility by supply chain so yeah the same I mean the, the the time if you invest time understanding your your customers requirements in in and particularly in the mid and long term i i'm gonna argue that's time very well invested <laughs> i can see so we have our friend abdel aziz hi i'm proud of you guys thank you so much ahmad aid he is historical in Sweden. okay mm -hmm. we have also ahmad aid I said the same. Can you see? He's he said the same. Gabriel, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Iman. She is saying I'm not able to attend the webinar. I think now you you can you can if you don't attend it from the beginning, you will find it's recorded after Iman. So yeah, feel free just us after the, this webinar and. We'll... Uh, Sharmila, I agree. Let them predict the lottery numbers. <laughs> now it makes sense. Yes. Thank you, Sharmila. <laughs> Thank you so much. So the next question that uh, we would have, uh, Gabriel, what culture aspects drive the S and OP? No. So we had we had we had another glitch here. So you were saying so yeah. what what culture so, drives, and then well, yes, what culture aspects drives S and OP and IPP? Mm -hmm. So 
so I, a few of the things we mentioned already. So I think one of the most critical aspects is is um, is leadership ownership or ownership by the management, whatever you want to call it. You, you need it needs to be clear to everyone who's asked to participate that this is a process the management cares about, right? That management is relying on for decision making, that and up to the up to the CEO. That, that needs to be something that's understood by everyone who's asked to participate because else I don't think the, re the required breaking of silos will happen because that's ultimately mm. what you require. You will, and for all sorts of operative reasons, you will always have some form of organizational silos. And that's okay, that's fine. As long as from a mindset perspective, people are agile again in their mind to, to go across and think across and have some empathy about okay why is that finance guy asking the question he's asking or why is that lady from sales asking the question she's asking it, that that is that is a super important aspect right so empathy mm -hmm. or what it is that the other parts of the organization are doing and therefore have a better understanding on what it is that they contribute to the process so you need to establish that cross-functional participation right so the the other thing is then to have this this the sequence this cadence right something that is repeatable about the process so that mm -hmm. a certain routine arises and you get to that to that problem solving um dis discipline and that that repeatable decision making uh, process so i think those those are really key key aspects from uh which are non non-technology aspects but they they need to be in place change management of course as you go about rolling out such a process uh what what often works quite well um i've observed uh, in, in companies if if they have some form of uh, sales ops some some form of a, a function that is actually measuring how well the process is adopted and how well it's been followed and what's the discipline in in in, in following um the process i think that is helpful but there's a, a lurking mistake here sometimes that what I found in, in some or observed, I should say, in some companies is that then these guys were suddenly the ones owning and running the process. And that shouldn't be the mm -hmm. case. Right? It should be owned by management. It, yeah. Management can have help from sales ops, but it should be owned by by management. Yeah. So you mentioned ownership. And I, I, I will ask you your personal philosophy. OK, so you, you mentioned that ownership should be uh, that for s and p should be with everyone from the top management to the least level i would say in the organization this is the ownership of s and p but now when it comes to leading the agendas inside i would say executive s and p uh, based on what you you just recommend should be supply chain marketing or someone who is reporting to uh, someone else what is, if you're in that situation, what would be your recommendation for the people or the person that will place an OP agenda? So, so what you're saying is, that, let me make sure I understood the question right. So the situation is there is a process running and it's, let's say it's owned by supply chain. That's my, that's yeah. the situation. This is the traditional one, but what I'm saying, based on your experience, who should be, I would say, speaking about the structure, who is should lead the S&OP agenda, speaking about this X, Y, Z, uh, we should, based on the business imperatives, is it supply chain? Who should someone from supply chain? Is no, it someone no. who is totally different from No, it should be management. It has, hmm. to be, it has to be chaired and owned by management. It, else it's not going to be IVP. 
it's, because it's it's at the end of the day it's business planning right that's that's what mm. that's what the name suggests and it's it's what 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 happens i i mean to to your point that there's always you know the difference be between theory and practice right reality mm, and what's yeah. the textbook um, yes. so if if your reality is that someone in supply chain took an initiative and started to evangelize in an organization that they should have an snop process and uh, and they have they have you know maybe made the first one or two steps on the maturity curve mm -hmm. and that's admirable and great right so we're not going to look we're not we shouldn't be looking down at that at all right mm -hmm. what we should be doing is we should applaud and commend uh, someone who took to took that leap of faith and made it happen that said if you still if you want to go to level three four and five you will have to get your management on board and you will have to get them uh, to a point of understanding that they start to see the benefit of having the process in place for themselves right they will have better information to make better business decisions which is ultimately good mm. for them and as such of course good for the entire company and for the benefit of of, of everyone involved did, did I give you that answer your question It answers my questions seven percent. <laughs> and uh, I think SNOP and IPP by default are a sequential processes, right? Mm -hmm. So should we still work in a sequential process? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? And why? So I think I think in 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 normal times there there is absolutely nothing wrong with that um, because it provides it provides discipline, it provides stability, it provides repeatability, and it provides um, the ability to absorb new people into the process. Right? Because what always happens is you know someone who's built this out and created it all is going to go and move on to something else in their lives, mm -hmm. and other people are going to come come in and have to learn and follow the cadence and do stuff. Mm -hmm. Now that said, we we heard about the Renault example. We heard we heard about many reasons why some some agility, even in business planning, could be required. So um, I think on top of the sequential process, uh, we should also have the ability to do something which is which is more situational, right? So mm -hmm. let's assume a situation arises where even a business planning level response is required let's say within four or five days rather than mm -hmm. which which means you can't afford to wait out the cadence to complete by the end of the month it means you need to act on business planning level and you need to act within let's say four three four days for this circumstance you need a mechanism as well so we're, we're actually proposing something here uh, which we call um, mm -hmm. virtual situation rooms which are effectively a way of pulling together the stakeholders um, so that the corporate's RACI uh, it remains intact, even if you step outside of the cadence uh, to drive a quicker decision uh, on, on business planning level. So I think, I think companies will have to take that as a next step uh, of, of evolving IVP capability uh, on top of the classic uh, sequence. It's not going to replace the sequence, uh, but it's it, mm -hmm. it has to augment or be or complement the the sequential process. Yeah, it, 
moved. It is because it's it's a stages. I believe that week one, week two, week three, week four, and repeatability, as you said. So it's it's all about. I think how you can customize all of that in the right way that will serve the business and will serve the the company purpose. Because I think one of the challenges that uh, what you said it's repeatability, but without understanding doesn't make sense. Because I see it also that people that they repeat, 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 and they don't reflect. Mm-hmm. Does it what they do make sense? And the granular, how much they are granular on their, uh, I would say family, I would say tag size format. That the kind of discussion that they have is it serving and they spend. Is it serving the deliverables for the business? Yes or no? Yeah. People think in the operations to an extent that they don't think. They move the operation, they move the operations, they move the operations, and the, the, the cycle goes on and on without any reflection, which which mm-hmm. somehow doesn't make sense. I- yeah, which which comes back to this this notion of how do you follow through with an SNOP or IBP level decision, right? And that make sure that the the measure you took, the decision you made, is mm-hmm. actually executed, uh, and yeah. you know, make sure that next next cadence you revisit that and say, "Hey, uh, did we do what we said we were going to do?" Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I say that they get blinded away just by the process itself without any reflection, and the number is they're losing the numbers, they're losing the business imperatives or the business uh, plan, financial plans, and moving the, this cycle. Uh, again, it's, it's all about the time that you spend, the quality time that you spend versus the deliverables. Doesn't mean that if I go I dig deep more into my SQs uh, uh, or format level, it will add any values. So sometimes I can, depends on the promotions, it depends on the activities of the back size. Maybe I can have a hybrid model at the same time and I deliver the, 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 the deliverables of this and OP versus the quality inputs that I give it. That's why I keep just saying sometimes we need to get out, think a little bit, think just logic. Is it what what we're doing is serving the business? Yes or no? If no, we have mm-hmm. to be agile and think in the right way. Gabriel, I, I would like to thank you again for for your uh, insights of your about IBP and this and OP. It makes sense really and, uh, and the maturity stage that you have uh, discussed and all of this insightful information, really, I appreciate. Again, I appreciate your uh, uh, time, and I'm very humbled to be to have you today in our podcast. And hopefully, that we can have another session, uh, something else that we have a trending topic that we can discuss together. Thank you for for, for being today here in our podcast. Yeah, my 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 pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. It's been a lot of thank, fun. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. And thanks also for our audience. So greetings for all of you. Thank you so much. Thank, thanks Have everyone for dialing all those Thank awesome you. places. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our Global S&OP Community Podcast. We hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode. You can visit our website, Ahmed. Khaled.co or A-H-M-E-D-K-H-A-L-E-D.co. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could transform your life. Stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in S&OP. 
Have a wonderful week ahead.